colloidal silver, deciphering the disinformation and dueling nanoparticle narratives. Hey, this is Jonathan with Limitless Mindset, and you are going to want to check out the article that this podcast is a narration of. And this is a quintessential deep dive, 4,700 words. I really investigated this one. And I will note that I do not have affiliate links in this article, nor do I sell colloidal silver. This is a bit of just a a labor of love, my innate desire to project the information, the science that people need out there on the internet. And deep dives are my favorite kind of content to do. I'm a geek. I love to enrapture myself into a topic for a couple of weeks or months or whatever, and then put out there a really thorough piece of content on it. And that's what you are about to enjoy. If you like this kind of deep dive thing, what you can do is share it around, uh, send it perhaps in a private message to friend, family member, colleague, who it might help. And what you can also do is whatever the uh, algorithmic signal boosting option that you have available wherever you are listening to this. So you can drop me a five-star review on iTunes. I, I certainly hope that you'll subscribe to the Limitless Mindset channel. You can drop me a content all that good stuff is the uh, the reward that I find so very validating for the time that I spend with my nose in the books, in the studies to put together something like this. And the article is going to be linked below wherever you are listening to this. So do go and check out that article, if not for anything else just for your own enjoyment, because I've got some really cool graphics to go along with it. And of course, over there on the article, I have all my sources for everything that I'm saying here linked up. Let's dive in. Like I said, here we're going to be deciphering the disinformation and dueling nanoparticle narratives. For the skeptical biohacker, colloidal silver presents a conundrum. In researching it, you'll come across two oppositional narratives espoused enthusiastically. First, colloidal silver is rank, unscientific quackery. Quack, quack, quack. It only works because of the placebo effect, and it might turn your skin blue. And second, colloidal silver is miracle medicine. Big Pharma 
demonizes it because they can't patent silver and it actually cures the illnesses they profit from perpetuating. The truth, of course, lies somewhere in between. It's not a cure-all panacea. But think about this. Your wealthier ancestors used silver medicinally to fortify their immunity against all the microscopic nastiness that we've been up against since time immemorial. It might not be unreasonable to say that you wouldn't even be here if it wasn't for the medicinal power of silver. I don't sell colloidal silver because I want to retain my right to speak freely about science. And like I said, nor do I have affiliate links in this article. So I'll shoot with you straight about colloidal silver here. And we are mostly going to focus on decoding what the science says about it and how this squares up with the anecdotal experiences of biohackers online. In the future, I'm going to be publishing a biohacker review trying colloidal silver myself, and I will link that in the sidebar of the article. So check that out. Be on the lookout for that in the future. First of all, what is colloidal silver? Well, it's tiny molecules of silver, just nanometers in size, suspended in water. Colloidal just means floating. So if I were to go swim in the Dead Sea in Israel, which is something that I've got on my bucket list, I would technically be Colloidal Jonathan. And I've got a great molecular graphic so that you can see what it looks like. An important thing to understand is that today's colloidal silver is not your grandfather's colloidal silver. It's an immune enhancer that's undergone a lot of research, development, and innovation largely outside of academia and institutional science. So let's go back. Let's go way back and talk about history. You're familiar with the expression born with a silver spoon, which originates from the era when plagues ravaged Europe and those who could afford to would walk around with a small silver spoon in their mouths. This is because aristocrats, well, really everybody, understood that silver is a powerful natural antibiotic and antiviral. Walk by any fountain in a mall, and what do you see? Coins thrown in by kids. This practice originates from the historical recognition of silver's immune-enhancing properties. 
those who could afford to would throw silver coins into public fountains to purify the public water supply. We don't drink from public fountains anymore, but throw a coin in for old times' sake. It'll make you feel like a kid again. Who else used silver medicinally? Aristotle reportedly advised Alexander the Great to boil water and store it in silver vessels to prevent waterborne diseases. The Romans preserved their wine in silver vessels. In India, food was traditionally wrapped in silver foil for sanitary purposes. And pioneers trekking across the wild, wild west would leave a silver coin in their water supplies for preservation. Silver was mainstream medicine prescribed by doctors up until the World Wars, when field medics began treating wounded soldiers with penicillin, the first pharmaceutical antibiotic. From the book, A New Fighting Chance, Silver Solution, by Dr. Gordon Peterson, quote, Medicinal silver compounds were developed in the late 1800s, and there was widespread use of silver compounds and colloids, small particles dispersed in water prior to 1930. By 1940, there were approximately 48 different silver compounds marketed and used to treat virtually every infectious disease. These were available in oral, injectable, and topical forms. So, now we'll move on to the scientific research, and there's a lot. Medicinal silver is often smeared as quackery by the mainstream media. Don't get me started on the mainstream media. But there are nearly 500 scientific papers about it published and five human clinical trials totaling over 360 people. To summarize just a few, a recent American study notes that colloidal silver has a persistent antimicrobial activity and outperformed a control in skin cleansing. Second, a 2017 Iranian study found the aqueous extract, uh, the synthesized colloidal silver nanoparticles, also showed considerable antifungal activity against antibiotic-resistant Candida albicans. An Indian animal study praises its antibacterial as well as anti-cancer activity and concludes, we strongly believe that biosynthesized nanoparticles will open up a new direction towards various biomedical applications in the near future. Staphylococcus aureus, Staphylococcus epidermis, E. coli, and pseudonomia strains of 
bacteria were defeated by a 350 parts per million colloidal silver solution in a 2013 Polish study. Next, we'll talk about antiviral. Silver is a powerful natural antiviral agent. We call our eating utensils silverware because in the past, those who could afford to preferred to eat with silver utensils because it disinfected food and supported the immunity of the diner. This is one of the reasons why silver is a valuable metal in the first place. It's useful against 650 types of pathogens, bacteria, viruses, and fungi. Scientist and independent researcher Tony Mauro suggested that it would be helpful in treating sexually transmitted diseases. So we'll talk about a few viral diseases. Verse MRSA. A recent Canadian paper on antibiotic-resistant MRSA is optimistic about these alternatives to antibiotics. Quote, other more recently trialed non-antibiotic modalities such as antimicrobial photodynamic therapy, which I'm also a fan of, and colloidal silver irrigation are also showing promise. And the conclusions of a 2021 Australian in vivo study supported, supported that. They uh, felt good about it being potentially used against MRSA. And we'll move on to malaria. Dr. Brian Frank, a 30-year international medicine mission doctor, reports, quote, Some of our most exciting work with silver has been the treatment of malaria in western Kenya. In the tiny village of Kano near Kisumu, on the northeastern shores of Lake Victoria. Children and adults have been treated with silver for malaria and are involved in a current clinical research project. To date, most patients have been clinically responsive and returned to work or school within 24 to 48 hours and their blood tests for plasmodium have reverted to negative within 5 to 10 days. In our initial trial of approximately 30 patients over the week, all patients became clinically well and were able to return to school or work within 24 to 48 hours. That's pretty good. We were surprised that this was the case even in those patients that appeared clinically worse than others. Repeat blood studies were obtained and found to be reverted to normal in five days for most and 10 days for others. 
And 30 patients is a relatively small sample size. And this was by no means a gold standard clinical trial. It was a deadly, serious medical intervention. Dr. Frank reports that for his international team, at least, silver has replaced vaccines. Silver has also changed global mission partners' practice of vaccination usage among staff and team. In the past, anti-malarial medications or vaccines for yellow fever, typhoid, hepatitis, and others would have been typically used. As we now always travel with silver, our position is to not take the other vaccines and medications as preventatives. And he concludes, Hippocrates' charge to first do no harm may be followed with ease with silver and give comfort to the physician caring for those with little resources to manage serious side effects. Verse Ebola, an unclassified Department of Defense report on silver nanoparticle neutralization of hemorrhagic fever viruses indicates that silver could be used medicinally against RNA viruses like Ebola. And finally, verse COVID. From a 2020 Japanese study conducted at Yokohama City University School of Medicine that very thoroughly documented their results. Quote, we evaluated a plethora of silver nanoparticles of different sizes and concentrations and observed that particles of diameter around 10 nanometers were effective in inhibiting extracellular SARS-CoV-2 at concentrations between 1 and 10 parts per million, while cytotoxic effect was observed at concentrations of 20 parts per million and above. But, as you may have heard... In 2020, the FDA ordered colloidal silver vendors not to market their products as treatments or preventative measures for COVID. And you might think that silver, which has been used to treat viral infections for millennia, would be very helpful with COVID. But the FDA has assured the public that it's neither safe nor effective. And it's well known that the FDA never lies or is wrong about anything. It's important to remember that COVID can only be prevented with face masks and vaccination or treated with drugs like remdesivir that the nice folks at Gilead Pharmaceutical sell for 2000 to 4000 per 
treatment course. I'm sure that those Japanese scientists are just crazy conspiracy theorists spreading disinformation. So sorry, colloidal silver will not help with COVID. But if I was struggling with COVID, I would definitely take it. But only because I like the taste of the stuff. Next, antibacterial. You might question, if silver is so good at killing bacteria, won't it kill the good bacteria in my gut that I need? So silver kills the bad bacteria and leaves the good bacteria alone. And here's the mechanism for this. Silver is transported through our bodies by water. And the good bacteria in the gut, those trillions of little microorganisms that we're in a relationship with, and it's complicated, they have a protective fat layer around them that prevents them from getting very wet. But the bad bacteria does not. If you know much about scuba diving, think about wetsuit versus dry suit diving. The bad bacteria, the ones you don't want, are wetsuit diving inside of you. And the colloidal silver robs the oxygen from them. A 2020 paper delves into the potential antibacterial applications, and they've got a cool flowchart worth checking out. An article on allnatural.com explains its antibacterial mechanism. Quote, the presence of colloidal silver near a virus, fungus, or bacterium, or any other single-celled pathogen disables its oxygen metabolism enzyme, its chemical lung, so to say. Within a few minutes, the pathogen suffocates and dies and is cleared out of the body by the immune lymphatic and elimination systems. And I've got a cool diagram of that in the article. The tiny silver nanoparticles pass bacteria's cell walls where they wreak havoc, inducing structural and morphological changes. To simplify, silver is hungry for electrons and steals them from pathogens. Quote, the energy of the silver molecule craves a single electron and will steal it from the easiest source available. When silver moves into close proximity with free-roaming electrons, the silver will rapidly bind to the rogue electron. In this way, silver is always on patrol, surveying the bloodstream for electrons. When silver comes into contact with bacteria, viruses, or yeast, there will be an attempt by the silver to steal an electron from the 
pathogen. Since pathogens have simple cell walls made of single electrons, when silver steals an electron, it ruptures the pathogen's cell membrane like puncturing a water balloon. This usually kills the pathogen. And Dr. Peterson explains silver's curious vibrational mechanism. Everything has its own unique frequency, and silver vibrates, resonates at a frequency of approximately 910 terahertz. This is an ultraviolet frequency that destroys pathogens by producing a vibration that weakens, dissolves, and dismantles germs, bacteria, viruses, some parasites, and yeast. A Texan biohacker reports, colloidal silver works well for bacterial infections. I cured a nagging sinus infection in about two months that had been plaguing me for over two years. My wife cured a bladder infection in about two weeks. It worked just as good as the antibiotics that my doctor prescribed previously for the same problem. Maybe better because it has never come back. It also kills warts and fungus. Moving on, let's talk about its antimicrobial properties. The antimicrobial effects of silver nanoparticles against yeast E. coli and staph were investigated by electron spin resonance spectroscopy in a Korean study that was cited by nearly 500 other scientific papers. So that's pretty authoritative. The abstract concludes, these results suggest that silver nanoparticles can be used as effective growth inhibitors in various microorganisms. Verse rhinocyanitis. A 2018 Australian study administered colloidal silver twice a day to 11 patients struggling with recalcitrant chronic rhinocyanitis, I might not be saying that correctly, and found that it was an effective treatment. And I've got a diagram illustrating that. For the preppers out there, for those bros out there clutching their AR-15s, good news, it can be used to purify drinking water. Nanoparticles have a pesticidal effect and can scavenge toxic heavy metals from water. This is why silver is used in high-end water filtration systems. To this effect, some PBS Nova reporting suggests that silver nanoparticles could give millions microbe-free drinking water. I think that story was about India. Oddly enough, 
the most recent clinical trial used colloidal silver in a urine filtration system used by symptomatic adults with suspected urinary tract infections. So maybe you can remember that scene from that awesome movie, Waterworld, with Kevin Costner. Uh, so what they're suggesting is that, um, is that uh, silver doesn't actually work very well to, to that effect. Apparently, it didn't reduce urine culture contamination. Okay, so hopefully, hopefully we're not in uh, such a dire situation where we need to recycle our own urine yet hopefully civilization will hold up just just a little bit longer verse antibiotics there's evidence that colloidal silver is better than pharmaceutical antibiotics quote colloidal silver is a natural broad spectrum antiseptic that fights infection subdues inflammation and promotes healing it can be taken by mouth administered intravenously, or applied topically. Research on colloidal silver shows it to be an effective resource against infections and pathogens, yet very little is known about it by the general public or the medical profession. Prior to 1938, it was in common use by doctors. According to Alexander D. Schloss, PhD of Johns Hopkins University, considerable scientific evidence has been published regarding the effectiveness of silver as an antiseptic against several hundred pathogenic organisms. The real issue with antibiotics is that they nuke your gut biome. This is kind of the important thing to remember about antibiotics. Killing off the good bacteria that you're in a symbiotic relationship with. Dr. Gundry, the author of The Plant Paradox, a really great book that I reviewed that is, is worth reading by almost everybody, I would say, he explains... Every time you take a course of Leviquin, Ciproflaxin, or another broad-spectrum antibiotic for a urinary tract or another infection, you kill most of the microbes in your gut. Shockingly, it can take up to two years for them to return. Many may be gone forever. Targeted antibiotics can be life-saving, but you should be very cautious about taking broad-spectrum antibiotics for anything other than a life-threatening infection. Also, I'll add, by choosing to not take antibiotics, you're doing your part in the silent war, the evolutionary showdown that the pharmaceutical industrial complex is currently losing to super virulent 
antibiotic-resistant bacteria. I was listening to a YouTube video last night that was talking about trends for the future of the human race, and they were saying that one thing that our um, descendants that live 100 years from now, 200 years from now, will really hate us for is how much antibiotics we have used in the last century. Our irresponsible, excessive use of antibiotics is going to make life really tough on them. Hopefully, they'll have access to silver, to medicinal silver. Moving forward, let's talk about wound healing. A 2013 study out of the University of Padova found that silver nanoparticles in wound dressings enhanced healing. Quote, after application for an extended period, 17 days, the organized skin structure, dermis and epidermis, was re-established in a previously unhealed part of the wound. And for burns, burn victims report a reduction in pain when silver liquid or gel is applied to the wound. Because silver can be applied in an open wound, it can assist in disinfection and help stimulate the healing factors of the immune system. And the best source for silver gel is this surprisingly affordable biostructured silver first aid gel. I have that linked in the article. Not an affiliate link, though. I think it's probably smart to pick some silver gel up as you never know when you're going to catch a nasty skin wound. Let's talk about sources. This is kind of important. So my go-to would be Doublewood Supplements in the USA, and they offer COA-verified colloidal silver. But important point here, maybe the most important point of the article, buyer beware. There are a lot of fake colloidal silver products out there. In fact, a 2020 American study published in the International Journal of Nano Medicine evaluated 14 of the top products on Amazon with state-of-the-art analytical techniques and found disappointingly that 70%, 70% of the products only contained ionic silver, which is inferior to the colloidal silver advertised. A consumer pro tip. Quote, the lack of the characteristic yellow color caused by the plasmon absorption band was a strong indication that they may contain, in fact, ionic silver and therefore could not be labeled 
colloidal silver, considering the dramatic differences in physical properties, toxicity, and the mechanism of action between the two types of silver, it is clear that identifying correctly the nature of the samples is of critical importance to consumers. So this is makes things simple, doesn't it? Discerning between legit and fake colloidal silver, the inferior ionic silver, could be as simple as looking at the liquid. If it's clear, it's at best merely ionic silver. And I've actually got a great photo from that 2020 study here in the article. And you can check out the, the, the cheapo, crappy, ionic silver products. And they are just clear. They just look like water. In the photo, the vials on the left are what the product poured out into a clear glass would look like to any consumer before being treated with sodium borohydride for testing. And I should, however, mention that this study was funded in part by another manufacturer to prove the superiority of their $150 patented product. Boy, that's steep. So it should be a pale yellow color. Silver is not yellow, but that's the color the nanoparticles reflect. If it's brownish, that's a bad sign. And apparently, you can actually visually test the colloidal silver by shining a red laser pointer through it, and you should see the suspended silver particles flickering in it if they aren't or if they appear to have coalesced at the top or the bottom, then you'd have to be a bit suspicious about it. And something some of you might be wondering about is DIY colloidal silver. So I love the idea of making your own out of silver coins. And I have a cool video embedded in the article demonstrating that. But unless you find yourself in the midst of some sort of dystopian collapse of civilization, I think buying colloidal silver from a credible source is a whole lot better option than making your own. DIYing your own, there's a lot of uncertainties. First of all, you're not going to get it right the first time you try it. It looks easy to screw up. Second, all the companies selling colloidal silver generators claim that their generators make the best stuff. But you really don't know unless you get your stuff tested by a professional laboratory. And thirdly, 
you don't really know if the coins you get are actually 100% silver or if they've been diluted with other metals you might not want to consume. And perhaps you're thinking after my introduction, instead of walking around with a face mask on for COVID protection, why don't I just walk around with a little silver spoon in my mouth like European aristocrats once did? And I'd argue that would be an antiviral preventative measure at least as effective as face masks and, of course, uh, much more stylish. And that's really the important thing. And I did look this up. Small sterling silver spoons start at around a hundred bucks. So I'm actually eyeing one of those. When I get a bit more credit in my Amazon account, I may just go and pick up one of those little sterling silver spoons. And then I'll basically just use that all the time so that my immune system is just a bit more awesome. Moving forward, let's discuss the types of medicinal silver. There are three main kinds. Dr. Peterson explains why structured silver is the Mercedes-Benz option. Quote, ionic silver consists of chemical energy that is mostly electric and can be measured by its charge. The problem is that it bonds to the fats and is the primary cause of Argeria. You're going to be hearing more about that. Second, colloidal silver consists of electric currents driving silver ions into water. Some colloids are nothing more than tiny particles of silver dusting the water that contains them. If the wrong electrical current is used to manufacture the colloid, the silver will fall out of solution and can become predominantly ionic. We don't want that. And thirdly, structured silver is an advanced second generation colloidal silver that is magnetically and electrically structured, producing atomic bonding of water and silver in a way that forms crystalline structures of silver and water. It is significantly more effective at destroying pathogens than the colloids and ionics of the past. The reason is that the structured silver holds an ultraviolet antimicrobial frequency capable of working with the immune system because it is alkaline. So we'll move forward to the experiential section. And there was a YouTube video that I embedded with this dude, Android, uh, not Android, <laughs> Andrew. 
He is not an, as far as I know, he is not an android. He is an Andrew. And in the video, he describes a detoxifying Herxheimer reaction, which is an unpleasant but ultimately uh, beneficial reaction. And in his case, it resulted from megadosing colloidal silver. So I am not a fan of megadosing this one. Moving on, an overwhelmingly pro-Big Pharma piece in the Atlantic mainstream media, of course, what do you expect? It includes a few anecdotes of people who found colloidal silver helpful as a COVID treatment. Quote, Don Luis, who also didn't want me to use her full name for privacy reasons, says she found success using colloidal silver for her Lyme disease and shingles. When her 40-year-old daughter started having COVID-19 symptoms recently with plummeting oxygen and shortness of breath, Dawn gave some to her. In 48 hours, Dawn told me her daughter could breathe again. Ryan, too, used a colloidal silver solution on himself and his daughter when they had what he thought was COVID-19. It turns COVID into mere sniffle, he assured me. Verse Crohn's, a lifelong sufferer, was skeptical, but tried it anyway and reported colloidal silver cured my Crohn's disease. And he writes, I heard about a quack medicine called colloidal silver, microscopic silver particles infused in water. I thought it was a load of new age rubbish, like acupuncture or homeopathy, or something. But it was readily available from pharmacies, and I thought, what the hell? What have I got to lose? Within a week, the pain had subsided dramatically, and I was no longer plagued by the bloatedness and gas. I have been off all medication, except the two mouthfuls of colloidal silver I take daily, and the symptoms of the Crohn's disease are 99% gone. Wow, that's a win. Verse Cyanitis, a South African biohacker, reports, I had a blocked nose for a decade or so. Colloidal slash ionic silver snarfed, snorted, every two hours or so for a day or two, cured it, and I had to train myself to breathe through my nose again. It cured my dandruff, too. On Amazon, you can find a bunch of fantastic anecdotal accounts of it helping people with nearly every health condition you can name, 
But considering the demonstrable lack of integrity among colloidal silver vendors on Amazon, I wouldn't take any of those reviews seriously. Moving on, let's talk about cofactors. Four reasons outlined in the side effect section, which we will get to shortly, I suggest taking colloidal silver alongside antioxidants. C60 is the king of antioxidants, but something as simple and affordable as vitamin C would suffice. Dr. Peterson also suggests antioxidants. Quote, antioxidants neutralize the free radical damage caused by these pathogens and accelerate the excretion of the dead and dying germs out of the body. This reduces the time it takes to heal. It also reduces the swelling associated with the disease and improves the healing inside or topically. When antioxidants are taken every five hours, the healing process is significantly improved. The antioxidants' ability to heal is improved in addition to the healing activity of the silver. Penicillin. Okay, an Iranian paper notes that silver nanoparticles enhance the effect of the antibiotic against E. coli and staph. And then I'll mention silver-enriched mushrooms. That sounds cool, right? A recent Ukrainian study, Yaksparaze Drozi, interestingly, noted that chaga treated with colloidal silver as it grew ended up with more potent biological constituents. It's not suggesting that colloidal silver is a chaga cofactor, but that it increases the bioactive nutritional content, opening up the potential of cultivating super potent medicinal mushrooms. Apparently, a lot of people use colloidal silver to enhance the cannabis they cultivate. So if you're a DIYer with a green thumb, you could cultivate medicinal herbs and give them just a little colloidal silver. Moving on to an important section, side effects. The good news is you really don't need to worry about turning blue, like this guy. And I embed the famous uh, interview clip of the blue guy appearing there on Oprah Winfrey, where the dude turned himself blue. You don't really need to worry about that happening to you. He recklessly consumed extreme amounts of colloidal silver. He drank a half gallon a day derived from toxic nitric acid and applied copious amounts of the stuff to his face. But 
I don't think it's fair to call colloidal silver risk-free. I easily found some scientific literature with reservations about it. A 2015 paper published in JAMA Dermatology called it dangerous and readily available because of a troubling side effect. Generalized argyria is characterized by slate gray to blue discoloration of the skin caused by cutaneous deposits of silver particles after long-term ingestion of solutions containing colloidal silver ingredients or silver salts. But it doesn't clarify how common argyria might be. Googling the subject, it looks like only a handful of people have turned themselves blue out of the millions who have used colloidal silver. According to the EPA, you would need to consume 900 milligrams in a year to induce argyria, which would take 380 8-ounce bottles of 10 parts per million colloidal silver. And you're not going to be drinking a bottle a day of the stuff. A Danish 2014 paper gives it a margin of safety factor of 5, but doesn't explain what this means or provide supporting data. A recent Finnish paper published in 2021 levels some well-reasoned critiques at colloidal silver, and the paper acknowledges that silver has been used for ages to treat various diseases from common cold to cancer. But importantly, the paper explains the toxicity of silver, an important mechanism of the antimicrobial effects of silver nanoparticles, is the strong oxidative activity due to an abundant release of silver ions, which is also the basis of its toxicity in various organs. And it references nine papers elucidating the toxicity of silver. And the paper also mentions colloidal silver brands tend to make some pretty wild claims, like it will protect you against feared biological weapons without providing the extraordinary evidence needed. And secondly, the product's labels are often inaccurate. The milligrams of silver per liter are incorrect, sometimes less, sometimes more than what's listed. And finally, there are a few animal studies that demonstrated decreased sperm motility and fertility as a result of silver nanoparticles. These are animal studies, so it's uncertain what this means for humans, but 
If you're a man trying to have a child, maybe stay away from it. So I give colloidal silver a risk grade of B. The real risk with colloidal silver is not Argeria. It's all the low-quality products out there. Sadly, as with any supplement or natural medicine, for every pure, properly formulated offering on the market, there are a bunch of cheapo, impure products hawked by fly-by-night operators, Amazon hustlers, and grifters sourcing from China. Worth noting is that one of the main papers documenting the mechanism of silver's toxicity still arrives at an overall positive conclusion about it. There is disinformation on the natural health side of the debate also. Namely, claims that it's totally risk and side effect free. I'm a bit concerned with the oxidative mechanism of silver nanoparticles, which is not really in debate. I would not take it as part of a daily immune regimen. I would take it episodically as I might need some help warding off illness, and I'd step up my intake of an antioxidant like vitamin C concurrently. In 1999, the FDA issued a warning taking a stance against colloidal silver. Quote, FDA is not aware of any substantial scientific evidence that supports the use of over-the-counter colloidal silver or ingredients or silver salts for these conditions. So, if you think that the FDA has your best interests at heart, colloidal silver is probably not for you. Also, I have a bridge to sell you in Brooklyn. Next, let's talk about usage and dosage. For a 20 parts per million colloidal silver product, moderation is recommended. Quote, if taking colloidal silver orally, we recommend just one full dropper per day and not exceeding two full droppers per day. We strongly recommend not taking colloidal silver orally for more than two weeks without a one-week break. For prevention, I would swallow the liquid silver two teaspoons twice a day for prevention if I was sleep-deprived, under stress, or exposed to potential disease I would double the dose to four teaspoons twice a day. And Dr. Gordon Peterson suggests five days twice a day of colloidal silver followed by administration of probiotics to fix gut issues. 
For pink eye and other infections, you can administer drops directly to the eyes. According to Dr. Frank, using a small plastic dropper, silver was dropped into both eyes, two to three drops each, two to three times per day. As with external ear infections, we have seen the silver drops remedy these infections, typically within 24 hours. However, the drops do not sting the eyes or the ears, and thus they are well tolerated and received. Being mostly water, it can be nebulized with an aromatherapy essentials oil, essential oil diffuser. And I actually link to a company that sells these essential oil diffusers with a giant Bitcoin emblem on this. It looks totally awesome. If you're into cryptocurrency, you probably want this. Okay, so this can be helpful for overcoming pneumonia as it's a way of introducing the silver into the lungs. An Iranian study suggested a synergy between silver nanoparticles and some essential oils like clove oil, nutmeg, cinnamon, basil, and bay leaf. So you could try combining those things in a diffuser. The same study observed, I found this interesting, that protein intake mitigates the antibacterial effect. So maybe go vegetarian on days that you take colloidal silver. And then it's recommended that you store it in a cool, dark place away from electronics. Apparently there's some interaction between the the silver, which is a metal, and electronics. So you wouldn't want to leave it in a cabinet that was like right next to your Wi-Fi router. Don't do that, okay? Next, let's talk about the placebo effect. According to Wikipedia, colloidal silver's benefits are solely due to the placebo effect, which is wrong, clearly. There are hundreds of scientific papers published about it and five human clinical trials establishing its effects and underlying mechanism. Reading the Wikipedia pages about colloidal silver, and I read all of them, it's clear that Wikipedia really likes antibiotics, which are safe and effective. If you're somewhat conspiratorially minded as I am, you're thinking, of course, Wikipedia, like the rest of big tech, serves the corporatocracy. They are compromised by big pharma. They want lifelong customers, not people actually fixing their health problems. And I'll explain why that's incomplete thinking. The placebo effect 
is the most consistent phenomena in clinical science. Every gold standard study accounts for it. Nobody knows exactly what the placebo effect is. Perhaps it's an evolutionary epigenetic survival mechanism. I did a whole book review on that. But we know from thousands of studies that belief has power. Given the reliability of the placebo effect, we should yield it to empower our health instead of disregarding it. As a rationally minded person, and you're certainly a rationally minded person if you're listening to this podcast, the way to get the power of belief working for you biologically is educating yourself. The more you know, the more you'll believe. So I'd urge you to really do your research before using colloidal silver or really any supplement. Read the books about it, read studies, read people's anecdotal experiences, immerse yourself in it before you try it, and you'll probably get a bit more bang out of it because of the placebo effect, which is at work uh, at work with almost anything that you consume. That's something to think about, right? In conclusion, it's perhaps a bit of a victim of its own success and some of the very colorful internet personalities who have promoted it. I do suspect that colloidal silver has been the target of unfair demonization because Big Pharma that exercises almost complete control over the regulatory agencies and institutional science, they don't like the competition. Consider that many millions of people wear silver jewelry every day of their lives. Are their fingers and ears turning blue with Argyria? Not hardly. So I'll break with a lot of the colloidal silver evangelists by urging episodic, not daily, use. Silver nanoparticles are acidic and oxidizing. I do a lot of other things daily to fortify my immune system. I don't think I need a daily dose of silver. But, but, being an aristocratic biohacker, once Bitcoin hits half a million dollars, I'll cash out some and splurge on a full set of heirloom-worthy sterling silver silverware. I'm gonna be doing that because I think silver has special effects on immunity, and immunity is something I'm real passionate about, trying to take it to the next level, however I can. So that's my deep dive on colloidal silver. 
I would love to hear from those of you out there that have used it. I'd love for you to drop me a comment, send me an email, send me a message, and let me know what your experiences with it have been. I'm Jonathan with Limitless Mindset, looking forward to a continued conversation with you.